Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I'm a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now, and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. It's Robin McMahon here. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. And as always, I bring you some amazing guests. And today is no exception. Today, I have Florence Ann Romano, and she is a village and childcare advocate, author, and philanthropist who has always had a special place in her heart for children. I love that. Romano has worked as a nanny for over 15 years and believes that the key to a family's success lies in focusing on what she calls the trifecta parent, child, and caretaker working in unison towards common family goals. So Florence Ann is also the co-host of the podcast, Finger Painting the Future. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, and her YouTube series, Windy City Nanny, which sh- she sheds light on a variety of childcare challenges that we see across the country. Her children's book, Nanny and Me, prepares children for the transitioning from being cared for solely by their parents to having a nanny in their home. So welcome, Florence Ann. Thanks so much oh, for being here. Thank you for that lovely introduction. I'm happy to be here. So happy. That's great. And I think that's um, that's such an interesting perspective that you bring to with, um, you know, the transition between being with a caregiver and somebody, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or child care provider, you know, however it is, there's a big transition. So I want to ask you a little bit about that in a minute, if that's okay with you, yeah. because we're really here to talk about some, some things more around social media are just really devices and that sort of thing for kids. Right. right. And I have talked about social media before, and there's past episodes I have with Dr. Shimmy Kang, with Dr. Lisa Stroman, with um, Vaishnavi from Instagram herself. She's uh, she's, you know, so we've talked about that a lot before. And so one of the things that I want to talk to you about is, you know, a lot of us are seeing, and again, there's no judgment for me. 
it's more of a curiosity. I see a lot of kiddos in strollers with a phone or if they're fussing, they get a phone right away. Again, I don't want to judge it because I would have probably done it too. And so, you know, how early do we want to give our kids these devices? Well, I think it's, it's two buckets. You know, it's the idea of giving our kids devices to keep them occupied when they're young versus when we're introducing them to social media and they have a social media account, they have an Instagram or a Snapchat or Facebook or things like that. I always laugh because I'm 36. So I, I straddled the analog and digital world. You know, I always like tell people like younger kids, I used to have to go to the library to check out a book, to write a research paper, you know, I mean like that. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're totally ancient. You know, so it was, it's different. I've watched it evolve. You know, I was in college, well into college when Facebook came out and I wanted nothing to do with it. I'm going to be honest with you. It took me years before I joined it. Cause I was like, that's just, I don't want anyone in my business. And I'm not going to post pictures of myself. I was the same. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I did not want to do that. I liked the anonymity. I, you know, and you know, we, I came from an old school Italian family where they were like, you don't air any dirty laundry or anything like that. People to see. So, you know, I'd like to, I guess, address this in a different way, you know, so there's the bucket of how, how young is too young to be introducing kids to the screen. There's, there's lots of different schools of thought in terms of the emotional growth and how it's stunted by introducing the, the iPad or any, any sort of media in that way too early. But I also understand that parents and caretakers and nannies, that they need to be able to rely on technology for educational purposes too. I mean, our mm-hmm. kids go to school now and have laptops and I, and they need it in order to actually, you know, provide the, the schooling that they need. So it's, it's an unavoidable part of life. And I don't, I don't ever and will never condemn technology. I think everything in moderation is kind of what we all need to live by in basically every facet of our life. Um, you know, too much screen time. Yes. You know, that, that is going to affect your children in terms of, you know, they're not outside and, you know, they're not being active. They're not being social. They're not working on those skills. So, you know, I'm sure other people have talked about that too, but the emotional intelligence, the emotional growth for a child is very important. And depending on that, and depending on those factors, that's when you have to decide when your child, if your child should be introduced to social media in that way. Not every child is the same. It's going to be a customized experience. I could sit here and tell you, don't let your kids go on until they're, you know, 10 years old. Now, each social media platform they say legally you have to be such and such age before you can actually join. Um, you know, I don't know who's exactly listening to that because we see a lot of loopholes to that. Um, but I think the the thing I want to address to your 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 audience here, your parents out there, is how do you keep children safe? I think that's the more important, bigger, overarching question, because we as adults, I think we look at social media and we think gosh, it's kind of a dangerous place to be even for an adult in terms of bullying, in terms of self-esteem, all of these, you know, image, all of that. And so I think to myself, gosh, growing up as a child where this is all you know is this world, that this is what reality is to you. 
you know, we live in a world of reality TV today. I mean, think about Robin, how different it was for us growing up than it is for kids. Now they're comparing themselves to all these reality shows and these YouTube stars and these influencers. So that's where I think that the real, the real question is about how soon are you introducing these influences from the outside to your child, because they are going to influence them. That's why they call them influencers. We as adults are influenced by them. Yeah. So, okay. So you said a lot there. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so I want to break it down a little bit because, um, you know, when it comes to giving your child the device in the stroller, uh, you know, I think, I think that's the gateway, right? Because oftentimes what we're doing is we're giving them a video on YouTube and then the next one comes, the next one comes, the next one comes, right? Like, I I mean, I, I saw a lot of baby shark happening as cute as it was right uh for us it was this little green gummy bear uh that my my kids always wanted to see and he would just sing I'm a gummy bear <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm a gummy bear anyway he's really cute it was quite catchy I have this adorable video of my son saying one more time because <laughs> he wanted oh, to see it one cute. more time oh. yeah really really sweet so um so look, uh, what, what I, what, 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 what I heard you say, and I agree with you. And I think that we're all at that point. We all accept that that's the way of the world, right? That we are going right. to be using our devices, not just for gaming, not just for uh, social, not just for mind numbing scrolling. We're, we're right. using it to interact with um, our classmates. We're talking to teachers, uh, you know, through teams where we're, or zoom calls or, um, or what have you, we're keeping track of homework on our phones, right? So we're, we've gone a little paperless. And so therefore the phone is even more valuable. The device is even more valuable because it holds a lot more stuff. But what happens, of course, is that there is this blurred line between like, oh, I'm just doing this and I'm here. And um, it's really easy to get distracted by the alerts that come up, you know, um, the new video from your favorite, uh, you know, influencer or my house it's gamer because we have two teen boys uh you know and and then they want merch and so it it is a big issue for sure right and so um and yeah so you know that's that's why I asked the question you know how how soon I tell parents to keep it away from kids for as long as humanly possible until they absolutely need it I don't think that we need it like look your kids are going to be fine with a little toy that squeaks and and crinkles and whatever, if they've never seen the phone before. But I also think we need to model not always having our phones around our kids too, right? Because they're going to do what we do, not necessarily what we say, right? So we've got to be really aware of that too. Uh, so, So that's sort of where I wanted to start. But then beyond that is really, okay, you know, like you said, when Facebook first came out, somebody described it to me as, oh yeah, you can like see where your high school friends or high school people are. Cause that's all it was, was just right. for high school. I'm like, I don't, I couldn't care less about right. the people in high school, exactly. Except, exactly. except for the fact that I like to brag that I went to high school with Ryan Reynolds. So I, I just, well, I that's, that's, awesome. that. that's yeah. really cool, right? Yeah. It's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. He's one year younger than me. 
Oh yeah, my when you're younger gosh, than that's me. Pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I would I would tell people that too. <laughs> yeah, I have I literally have my yearbook out, like ready to oh go anytime gosh. somebody wants me to Oh, you're it. too funny. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's the little things. Anyway. The little things? Yeah, absolutely. That's a big little thing though. I love it. Yeah. So, but here's the reality, right? And we know this, uh, we know this and we're hearing about this, that the, um, the odds are stacked against parents when it comes to online, right? We know this with the whistleblower from Facebook that they are, they are, you know, endorsing, preferring, um, you know, raising the algorithm to, to, to encourage hate and, um, you know, negative outcomes and and that sort of thing. And that's really real. And that is affecting people's mental health, the youth mental health, and it makes their world, you know, as big as it is so small too. Right. Right. And so, you know, um, where do we, let me ask you this, this way, what do we do when our kids have been online and we found them doing something that isn't okay, where they have found a porn site, they have found a um, somebody that they've met on a game, or there's somebody that has actually contacted them, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's the reality that we're, let's just talk about it. Like that's the reality that we're facing right. is those kinds of dangers, right? right. I feel that in order to prepare for that moment, that something like that can happen. Yes, of course you can, you can put things together where your Wi-Fi goes off at a certain time and they can't be on it past a certain time or they don't sleep with their phones or their laptops or anything in their room. You, you take them at night, you know, you can do all of these different things to keep them away from as much danger as you can. But like you're describing, sometimes it finds them and And what you have to try to do is get ahead of it, I suppose. And so when you're introducing social media to them in whatever way that's going to be, I think communication is key and the transparency is key. You yourself as a parent may not know all the dangers that are attached to each of these social media platforms. So you have to do some research about what each of these platforms entails and what are the safety features for parental controls? What are the the, the possible dangers uh, that you could be letting into your child's world? So that, that research needs to happen. I also think that research can happen in tandem with your child, letting them be a part of exploring what these different apps are. Not that you want to scare your kid, but kind of a little bit about what's really out there. And because I guess the point is, if they do come across something that is inappropriate and you find out whether it's through the parental controls you have or they come to you and say that they've found something that has made them uncomfortable or something feels wrong, that you can be that person that they would come to to talk about something that seems dangerous and I know that sounds like a perfect world where your kid would feel like they could come to you, but that work with your child and that relationship, and you have teenagers, Robin, 
that starts from the sandbox that your kids feel comfortable talking to you. You know, if all of a sudden that trust starts to go away as they get older, it's really hard to get that back. It's hard to become their safe place again. So if you are that to them when they're younger, not necessarily their friend, but they are someone that they know you are someone that will keep them safe, that you, they know that you are going to protect them. They, you know, that, they are, they look to you for that advice. Um, I think that's, that's your best bet when, when trying to navigate this is, can yeah. you be a place your children will go? Right. And yeah, it, look, okay. So I like what you said. Absolutely. You've got to be that for your child mm-hmm. and you, it starts in the sandbox. I love it. I love that. That's so true. And it absolutely does. So what I know for sure, and you know, my company is called parenting for, for connection. The podcast is parenting our future, but parenting for connection is everything, right? The connection that you have allows you to have cooperation. It also allows you to have a relationship with your child where they will want to come to you and talk to you because they know that they aren't going to be shut down or brushed aside or made fun of or punished, right? You are just there to say, okay, mistakes happen. We all make mistakes. And how are we going to work this out together? Because that is scary for your child. And to, to that is act of courage to come to your parents and say, um, I'm scared. And I think I screwed up and I need help. Right. Um, so I think that's, I think that's really important. Right. And, and you're right. Parents do have to put some work into this. And so I, you know, one of the things that I talk about too, is look, if you're going to give your child a device, first and foremost, you wait until you know, your child is ready. And when I say device to me, I'm really saying the device will come with, you know, those apps. Right. But, but I think we need to be really specific, right? So if you have this device, you will get only access to X, Y, and Z. You have to come to me and ask. And so we have the family sharing plan with Apple and anytime my kids want a new Uh, app, they have to ask our permission for it. And there's things that we've said yes to. And there's things that we have definitely said no to that. We're like, no, we're just not comfortable with that. So, you know, you know, and, and that's caused some disappointment and some, you know, feelings and that's okay. Like you can be upset. It's totally appropriate for you to be upset. And we're still saying no, we're still saying no, (laughs) we're still saying no, love you, but we're still saying no. Right. Um, and, and you're right. Like there need, there does need to be vigilance on our part and it is hard because our kids are sneaky. So the whole relationship piece has got to be one where there is so much give and take, because if we are too overbearing, and too much, our kids just want to lie to us, exactly. right? They are, or they feel they have to lie to us, right? right. Because we're they're going to be punished or whatever. So having some kind of a contract or a, a you know, a, you know, this is what we agree to do. And this is what we agree not to do as parents. And this is what you agree to do and what you agree not to do right. as right. our child, right? For having right. this device, which gives you access to all great things and also some really scary, bad things mm-hmm. too. Right. And and you're right. Scaring them a little bit, letting them know. I mean, I've said to my kids, like, look, there, there are people in this world who get up every day with the intention to hurt someone. Yeah. That's a good and point. those people come across real nice. 
Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, we do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what kind of tools do you recommend for, for parents to really help manage that piece? Cause I know you have a lot to say about that. Well, there's a great app uh, called Bark, which which actually alerts your alerts you as the parent that your child is has has encountered dangerous content or sharing dangerous content, um, and limiting, like I said before, limiting the amount of time they are able to spend on an app. You know, managing your you know router so it shuts off at a certain time, taking your kids' phones away from them at night. My friends' parents did that. That through high school with their kids, they were not able to have their phones, anything in their room when they went to sleep at night. And, you know, of course they were very unhappy about that for a very long time, but it's, it did save probably a good deal of trouble, you know, for, for those kids at that point. Um, so it's the idea of researching what each app's parental controls entail and how you can, you know, implement those yourself, but also explaining, and you touched on this too, I want to take it a step further, that when children get a device or they get access to the device and then the wonderful things that come with it, that it's a privilege. It is a privilege that they get to do this. It is not a right and they will be taken (laughs) away. And if, if it is, you know, misused, but then let's also look at ourselves. You know, we live in this world today where it's very divisive. We swing on this pendulum, you know, very severely living in the middle and kind of that gray area. I feel like we don't do so well anymore. We're either all the way over here, all the way over here and the agree to disagree thing. Oh, forget about it. I haven't seen someone (laughs) able to do that in a really long time. But the point of me illustrating all of these things is because I feel like we are going to ask our children to do a lot of things that we don't do ourselves. And like you said before, we have to be the role models for it. And one story I want to mention is my friend was telling me that her son was starting to exhibit kind of this like strange behavior, like lashing out a lot more than he usually did. And one of the questions I asked her was, well, what's going on at home? And she's like, nothing really out of the ordinary. I said, well, what about your behavior or your husband's behavior or whatever's going on there? And it turns out that at that time, it was the general election here in the States. And there was a lot of anger about a lot of things. And the parents, whenever the news was on, would get into fights about things or be shouting at the TV using a lot of really mean language. And the child was picking up on it and thought, oh, gosh, hey, when I don't agree with something, when something upsets me, that's how I'm supposed to react. And that's okay." And it was a hard moment for that mom to you know, swallow and think, gosh, I It was because of me. It was because of my behavior. And she was expecting him to behave a different way than she was. So (laughs) do as I say, not as I do. Um, So I think we need to look at how we talk to people on social media, how we engage people on social media. What are we looking at as we scroll? How are we letting things affect us and letting that permeate our lives? Um, I think uh, there's a lot of self-discovery that needs to happen sometimes when, when you're starting to get involved in all of this muck, because, um, you know, children are, are going to, are going to do what they live, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm not, 
at all uh, immune to a little pang of jealousy, uh, yeah, a little, right. you know, like, oh, it must be nice. You right, know what I mean? exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. But that's Instagram for you. You know, you see everyone's oh. perfect house and perfect kids and well-dressed and manicured <laughs> and amazing vacations and stuff. And you're like, yeah, I mean, that's, but that's not real. But then there's the other side where they're showing a lot of the authenticity and a lot of the nooks and crannies. And you're like, gosh, that's a lot of like, inflammation. It's TMI. Like yeah. I said, yeah. the pendulum swings, you're yeah. either way over here or way over here. Like where's the middle anymore? Right. Well, but the biggest problem is, is that like begets like, and if you have a child with, you know, with some mental illness or just, right. just, you know, even melancholy, a little, like right. a little bit blue, missing my right. friends. Right. I do a search for something. Uh Oh, all of a sudden I'm seeing cutting videos and that makes me feel good. You know, that's the message they get and Oh crap. Now we're into something really scary. Right. So as parents, we do have a duty to make sure that we have that communication. But I, I want to add too that there are really sneaky things that our kids can do too. My niece was over and uh, and she was on her phone and uh, and I was like, hey, what, like we we my, my sister in law and I were asking like, what are you doing? And she said she was recreating like the covers for apps is what I understood. I mean, what do I know? Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. So like you can have a different, I was asking like for me as much as right. whatever. And it, it, what it sounded like to me is like, for example, taking the Instagram icon and creating a whole different icon for that on the oh, phone. Instead. So now we can hide things. And so we know there are devious things out there and you want to keep a, you want to keep up to date on those kinds of things too. Right. And, you know, parenting is so hard as it is. And I know parents are probably like, Oh my gosh, like one more thing. Yeah, I've Now I have to worry about that. About exactly. Yeah. But look, you know, it, this is, this is the deal. This is what you have signed up for by giving your child a device, right? right? Th this really is. And so that's why you want to wait as long as possible, right. because if you do it too early and your child can't agree to, you know, to the guidelines that you've put in place, then because they're too young and they maybe don't really even understand, right? right. then you're going to, there's a whole, a whole bunch of problems that can happen out there. And I've yeah. heard about a lot of them. You know, I've had right. clients that one of the, one of, uh, one of their daughters was watching a, a lot of pornography. It happened to be girl on girl. So she thought she was gay for a while. And, you know, and, and as soon as they had her away from, she was addicted to it. As soon as they, she was away from it, she kind of sort of reemerged as her true self, you know, and, uh, and that, that, you know, she, she's not gay. She just got really wrapped up in it. And, um, you know, other, other, you know, kids that I know who have been um, approached by strangers have had, you know, relationships with them. I mean, that throws the entire family upside down. It's That's not just the child and yeah. there's long-term effects for your child too. So, so we have to be on it. We have to be on yes. it. 
you know, you and do. if we're, we're not, and, and I won't say that I am always hundred percent on it with my kids either, you know? Right. Um, but what I do know is they talk to me all the time. You know, there's been times where, uh, one of my boys has said like, Oh, there's some, there's some guy who's trying to talk to me or whatever. I'm totally going to shut him down. Like, isn't this great? Or ah! you know, whatever. I'm like, Oh, that's great. Right. Cause I'm always like, remember there, there are people who, you know, and they're like, mom, we know, we know, I, we know. But repetition is, is the way they learn though. I mean, I remember yeah. my mother repeating things and she still does, you know, at this age and you're like, gosh, I get it. But you know what you, you do sometimes need to hear it repeated a lot, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I laugh about, you know, being fearful, you know, I, I, we, my dad, one of my dad's sisters had a lot of issues growing up. And when we were growing up, would they always would say to us, now look at your aunt and all the things, the life, the life, that she chose the choices she made is why she ended up, you know, here. And that totally changed how we felt about a lot of things. Like I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that because I don't want to end up like her, you know? So sometimes you have that example in your life that does scare you, that does make it real. And I think maybe that's a part of it too, is we can talk about these dangers and it's really ambivalent. It's kind of this like, you know, nebulous thing. But when it becomes real and it's in front of you and it's tangible, then it it affects you differently. You know, all of a sudden you get scared or that fear is different and resides in you differently, makes you react differently. So it's about, I think, making it as real as possible to your children and explaining it as in as much specificity as you can, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, being open and honest with your kids right. is everything, right? The connection, the communication is everything. Right. And what you have given us, right? And and so it doesn't just, it isn't just us as mom and dad, right? We do really need a village of people to right. to have on our corner. Right. Um, and that gives that gives kids and the rest of us too, even, you know, a sense of belonging, right? A sense of uh of safety even beyond our own family. And so you have this beautiful, I I can't even, I I love it so much. It's, it's, it's just like a one pager, but it's really nicely laid out. So you could post it up on your fridge, for example. Right. And it's the village building chart. So you have this for us. Thank you so much for the, in the the parent toolbox, it is your item that you're giving our members. And, uh, and so It starts up by saying the next time we're at blank, we'll talk to blank and blank about being part of our emotional support system. Awesome. It's well, it's about, you know, taking that step. You know, we, we always hear that phrase. It takes a village to raise a child. Well, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. But I also think cutting that sentence in half is important. It takes a village and it's not just be for children. Everybody deserves a community. Everybody deserves a village, whether or not you have children. Yeah. And putting yourself out there to build that village or to find the people to be in yours or for you to be a part of can be difficult. Not everybody is extremely animated and you know wants to get out there and super personable. You know, there are definitely people that this is does not come naturally to. So this document is supposed to help people figure out how. How to put themselves out there in a way that is is taking a, a positive step for them and, and a positive step to building that community. And it puts it all out there so everybody sees, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to go through it here because uh, the next section is blank and blank. 
are both options for when we need a sitter for the last minute. And you get a little date night there. Um, but what's great, what's great about that is that the kids know that they can maybe have an opinion about that. They can say, Oh, right. actually I like her or him instead of, uh, right. instead of that person. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you, you go on to the middle section that says, we'll reach out to blank and blank about being our family's contacts. If there's ever an emergency, mm -hmm. uh, we'll establish these contacts with our children and supply them to, um, anyone else who may take part in their childcare, which is so great, right? Because you don't want to not tell the nanny or the childcare if, you know, something happens, right? Right. Um, and then we'll ask these teens if they're interested in volunteering as mother and father's helper. And then these, uh, and then the last section is the, it's a grid, are groups online or in real life that we can confide in, vent to, or share our lives with? Well, I, thank you for reading it all. Gosh, it was, it's like, almost like I was listening to it for the first time all over again, listening to you. You're like, oh, I'm so impressed. I was, oh gosh, no, my God. It's just like, guys, it made me start thinking about things in my own life. But yes, it's, yeah. it, it's about categorizing it, you know, and, yeah. and making sure that you, you know, realize that there's different groups of people within your village that you count on for different reasons. Not everybody's going to play the same role and, right. and casting those people in your life, you know, that takes time and that takes putting yourself out there and also realizing that you have to figure out what's important to you and what do you need, but then also being a good neighbor and being a good friend and figuring out what does someone else need and how can I be the answer to that question too? Right. Well, and, and let's be honest, if there's an emergency, the last thing that you want to do is think about, Oh, who can take care of the little one while I take the older one right. to the hospital? Right. It's right? being prepared. So, right. It's being prepared. So you it takes one thing off your plate at least, or some a few things off your plate. So you feel like those things are are ready to go when yeah. needed. Yeah. And you know, this is a this is a, a an activity or a yeah, it's an activity that I've seen uh, kids do in elementary school, which mm -hmm. is great. And so this is a great way to sort of uh, to, to, to go deeper with right. this. And I remember you have to share. Uh, I remember my oldest niece, she uh, did the did this and uh, and she asked me to be her trusted adult. Oh, how sweet is that? Oh my gosh. That would have just uh, choked me up completely. I Makes love want to cry even when I think about it now, but I don't want to cry. No, but what if that says about what she thinks about you and the person you, the energy you give off and the love you give and, 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 and how she feels when she's around, you, you know, children are, children are so good at reading energy and reading the room and, 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 and feelings, you know, I, I think that we, sometimes as we get older, we start to edit ourselves and kind of censor that out. And, and it's so nice that your, your niece, you know, followed her heart in that way. What, a what, a, how much validation that must give you? Yeah. She's an adult now, but I still have yeah. it. <laughs> oh, I would too. I'd hold on to that forever. No reason yeah. not to. Thank you for yeah. sharing. That's so yeah. sweet. It was, it was really, really sweet. So yeah, I, you know, I love all that stuff. And, and, uh, and, and, and so, uh, you know, really what my message is, is that it's beautiful to do this for your family. It's also right. feels really good to be asked. So don't be yeah. afraid to ask these people. That's a good they point. want to be asked, right? That's like, oh, you point. trust us, you love us, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And some people are there because they're the right people. Some people are there just because they're close and they're right. good people. Right. So you, there's right. A, you, you pick different people for different reasons. Different so reasons. I think yeah. this is going to really help a lot of families. So I want to just thank you so much for giving this to, uh, to our members in the parent toolbox. So if you're not a member, it's just www.parent-toolbox.com and you can consume all of that. Um, there'll be the recording of this episode in, in our section for, uh, for Florence Ann. So so you'll have all of that there. So um, is there anything as a, you know, as a childcare advocate that you want to leave us with today? Um, you know, just, just anything you want to let parents know before we sign off. I always say that there's three things you need to do. You need to build your village, let love in and ask for help. And I uh -huh. think if you can do those three things, you're going to set yourself up for a lot of success. Uh Yes. Build your village, let love in and ask for help. Damn it. Asking for help. Oh my gosh. Isn't that true? Yeah. No, there's no weakness in that. That shows so much strength, so much character. There is no weakness in that at all. And you know what? when you ask for help, you also bless the other person because people like to be asked. Absolutely. So let's not forget that. <laughs> sure do. Amen to that. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for Thanks. this great conversation. I hope parents feel really good about that. And uh, tell us where people can find you. You go to florenceann.com and you can go visit me on Instagram, florenceann, and I answer every DM. Anything you might need, please think of me as your virtual village. I'm here to listen. Oh, I love that. And so don't forget, she's the co-host of Finger Painting the Future and then her YouTube series, Windy City Nannies. So they can find you there as well. Yeah, thank you thank so you, much. Robin. All right, so much fun. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon, and if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe, and if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.